sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. This is Topanga Moon Podcast, your moon-loving, desert-loving destination for all things magical, mystical, soul-inspiring. Um, what, what other adjectives can I describe this podcast as? Um, how's everyone doing? How are you in this like approaching summer season? If you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is going to definitely be a trippy episode for you to be tuning into as the first episode, Um, but it'll be cool. It'll be fun. You'll get a sense of what this podcast loves to dive into. So yeah, how's everybody feeling right now? Um, The weather's been insanely amazing and I'm out in the country loving those pastel sunsets and hot days and just frolicking in the wilderness and it's been amazing um i'm so curious to hear from all of you where you're tuning in from what your experience is like right now we're also moving into some big energies for the month and last week i did a little roundup of what kind of energetic we're going to be seeing in the month of June and tomorrow we have our new moon in Gemini and a solar eclipse so a huge energetic portal new moons are about new beginnings and I will have a new moon ritual for you that will be on my Instagram so if you go to topanga underscore moon you can find our Instagram account it's a cool place to keep up to date with all things Topanga Moon because Topanga Moon is not just a podcast. It is um, a conscious media brand we will be expanding in the future with films and um, updating our shop to include more products and events and retreats and all kinds of wonderful things with the umbrella of Topanga Moon. So if you want to see kind of what's happening in our world over at Topanga Moon, just check us out on the Instagram. I also started a TikTok. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to experiment and see how that was going to be. It's really interesting. So if you want to join us on TikTok and see some cool videos, that's where I also will be posting more ritual videos and just nature explorations as I'm out here in the country. You can check us out on TikTok and that one is just at Panga Moon. Very simple. So yeah, tomorrow, new moon, Gemini. I'm a double Gemini. It's going to be a good one. New moons are all about new beginnings, new blessings, but we're also in a retrograde and just 
have this solar eclipse. Um, there's some interesting energetics around it. The energies are fast moving right now, high intensity, uh, very high highs, low lows, and it will really affect people all differently. I've, I've heard some people who have been feeling, you know, down energetically and just not, you know, not feeling great at this time. And then other people who are just feeling very expansive. And I think on an individual level, even though we have this planetary and global connection to the cosmos, we all interpret and feel things so differently, depending on the um, different astrological aspects of our being, as well as just our own life experiences and how we transmute energy. So the way I transmute energy is so different than, for instance, my partner. And we can have the same experience and feel super different in the process. So that's why I think, um, yeah, everyone can experience different energetic vibes at this time. But just know that there's a lot of uh, light coming to the planet and we can really transmute and alchemize. I think alchemy is a really good word to use at this time. Alchemize whatever it is that is coming up. Once again, we're in this year of things coming to the surface to be moved through and it's all about feeling it and then moving through to the other side. I'm in this season of wanting to share more, obviously part of Gemini season and just being energized from the sun and my beautiful surroundings that's so important to me especially with a Taurus north node of just feeling like I want to be surrounded by beauty at all times and sharing that and this big theme for me right now is career and moving the needle forward and expanding and up leveling and um, really mastering those energetics because for a long time I haven't known what to do with those energetics. So tomorrow on the new moon, I'm really going to be focusing my intentions on career abundance, expansion, up-leveling, and um, organizing and clearing the aura really is what it is all about, clearing the aura so that things can be magnetized to me as a generator. So that's a little bit about what's happening with tomorrow's new moon if you're listening to this on the day of release um but i will have a new moon ritual for you on the instagram so today's episode is going to be the introduction to some cosmic concepts that i've recently discovered and really dived into it's been blowing my mind in so many ways and I'm going to do my best to explain them all in the best way that I possibly can. And I'm really going to be diving more into these topics in later episodes because there's just way too much to go into at this time. But because these are things that are exciting to me right now and things I'm researching, I wanted to bring it to the podcast, share some insights, and maybe this will be the first introduction for you as well. And you can go and look up your own energetic expression with these modalities. So I'm going to be talking about gene keys and I'm going to be talking about the law of one. 
Now, I could be doing two full separate episodes on each topic or multiple episodes on each topic, but I just wanted to dive in in the beginning, the introduction, and give you a little taste of these new modalities that I'm discovering and really interested in right now because it's exciting to me. So I'm hoping and thinking that the podcast community will be excited to hear about it as well. So I'll start with the gene keys. The gene keys are very much connected to human design. And the more that I dive into my human design, I'm loving it and learning so much more. I'm discovering more things about it. And the gates, I guess, you could the different numbers um, are connected to the gene keys. So the gene keys are an expansion of those different gates. So for so long, I was like, what is gate 12? What is gate 11? What is, you know, what do these actually mean beyond just your profile and your energy type and your response and all of those beautiful things? So this is the gene keys. This is a kind of a evolution of human design and going in depth into what each of these keys are, or these gates or however you want to call it. So yeah, so the gene keys, what are they? So the gene keys was created or brought to the world through Richard Rudd. And he is a teacher of the gene keys and described um, a mystical experience involving a field of limitless light that lasted three days and three nights when he was 29 and gave him the gene keys or at least the exploration to the gene keys. So he was an adventurer and traveler and he described this event, this mystical event that took place over three days where he essentially was given the information. So the gene keys are a living wisdom, a teaching that you can apply to your daily life. The channeler of the keys, Richard, is a great adventurer. He has traveled through the Himalayas, the Pacific, the Americas, and the Arctic. So Richard also studied under Ra Uruhu, who developed human design. (laughs) And from that developed the gene keys. So I'm not sure about the kind of order of events when this happened. All I know is that he was studying with Ra and he was also had this mystical event of his own where he was in a state of limitless light. So since our beliefs shape our genes, when we change our beliefs, we change the chemistry of our body. And the gene keys are an inner language whose central purpose is to transform our core beliefs about ourselves, thus raising our lives onto a new level of awareness. And this comes from the website, the Gene Keys website. So there's a software that you can enter in your own information, just like human design or any kind of astrology, and it will provide an instantaneous free profile known as the Holo Genetic Profiles, which 
uses astrological data to generate a unique sequence of gene keys that relate to many aspects of your life, including the underlying genetic patterns governing your relationships, your finances, your health, and your life purpose. As the reader contemplates these 64 gene keys over time and applies their insights in his or her own life, so one's belief system will begin to change and our DNA will actually start to transform the way we think and feel. So it's a modality based off of human design and basically an expansion to describe each of those keys and gates, how they relate to you on an individual level and how to transform that information and actually transform your DNA. As I am diving into this modality, I find it wildly accurate for me to be sharing on this podcast, to have a podcast, as my life path gene key is 12. And I'm going to get into two of my main gene keys just, you know, to share some information about them. And uh, you'll get to, you'll start to kind of hear what the gene keys are about and how they are kind of put forward and at any point, I would encourage you to go to the website, look up your own gene keys. And this is what happened to me. You know, a friend of mine was like, do you know about the gene keys? And it's funny because I've been looking so much into human design and I didn't even realize it was connected to human design. And I was like, okay, cool. In human design, I have this 11, I have this 12. What does it mean? So now I can learn a little bit more about it. And it's just really fascinating and just more information and really is a something that you can kind of read this description and let it sink into your psyche and your awareness um and just have a more understanding of the energetics and the vibration you came here with what you're transmuting what you're moving through and it all combines beautifully with the human design system there's just so much to learn and I mean, I mean, you can spend all your time doing all of, all of these things, but I find it wildly fascinating. And the more that I move into these spaces and, and kind of do my research, the more that I find. Like, it's just like an ongoing layer of information, um, which can always be distilled down to its, like, basic, basic principles which is just you know your own self and your own intuition if you really just allow yourself to um, have a moment of quiet and contemplation and meditative state and all the answers are already in you but it's just fun to look up these things and be like yeah I'm a gene key 12 so um, yeah so what is the gene key 12 archetype and that is my life path so if you're also have a gene key 12 this will be some interesting information so i got most of this from the gene key website and then another website which i'm going to link in the show notes and so the gene key 12 is the archetype of the prophet so when i was saying that it's interesting (laughs) that i have a podcast and you know, I am also a writer, all of these things where 
my medium is about sharing messages in creative ways. So that's podcasting, uh, filmmaking, even styling, you know, creating designs and worlds and um, just designing environments for people. It's all about using creativity as a way to share messages. Um, and it's all tied to this gene key 12, which is my life path number. So I was like, okay, I can see that. I can see that connection. And even to see how much I can step more fully into this role and to this archetype and see what areas that I can clear my aura to start to embody it a little bit more um, and just start to see how I feel in that space and if I want to introduce it more into my life. So this archetype of the prophet really to me feels like it's connected to my human design which is the five one and the five being the heretic, um, the messenger of information. So, you know, like that prophet archetype. And it in this gene key, you're moving from vanity through discrimination to purity. And that's the cycle and the way that um, Richard Rudd was describing it. it. It was very much this circular cycle that you move through with all of these different gene key expressions once you know the information then you can see how your own energetics have moved through and I can see that in my own state so from vanity photo shoots and all of those beautiful things that I love to do my clothing and I guess in a in a shadow way I could be fixated on my vanity my outward expression leading the way or being at the forefront of this and then using my own <laughs> discrimination and, and discerning what kind of messages I actually do want to share and then moving through to purity and purity is that authentic piece it's creating a message based off of pure intentions um, and it's basically moving through that cycle and sifting through the vanity to find the purity and sharing that message of purity and I guess that's what I'm always trying to do here <laughs> um, another aspect of this 12 is you have to be in the mood or not to share which I found very interesting because there's definitely times where I feel like I have something to share and then there's other times where it, it relates back to my 5-1 of being in that researcher mode and feeling like I need to collect more data in order for me to move through and, and start to share. Um, the words are powerful once they're spoken and they're and if they're coming from a pure heart. So connecting to that heart space, that sense of purity and allowing that to be the vehicle of expression and sharing of the messages over the the vanity piece so in a world where talk is cheap so this comes from the other website which i'll link down below uh, the prophet is able to discern what to share and what not to share it chooses its words and messages wisely knowing its voice is powerful and potent the prophet is a master of communication and I hear that a lot when I get, you know, readings from different mediums or just looking at my astrology chart and all of those things. It's always kind of like reminded to me that 
there's this communication piece that I'm just am here to communicate. And it has the potential to cut or empower you with its words, always holding a charge, whether positive or negative, and can pierce through your heart and immediately be felt. That's cool. <laughs> uh, the archetype is extremely articulate. When in the right mood, it's naturally cautious. And that has to do with the discernment and really sifting through um, what messages are authentic. And this archetype really has that power of discernment, able to see through and to see the authenticness of someone or the um, facade or, you know, allure of somebody and able to mutate that and really share the authentic information. So there was this really cool aspect of this prophet or this gene key 12 sorry and it's called a dream arc totem codex and i thought it was really cool so the vision key bird is the nightingale the life key animal is the wolf the fear key underworld is praying mantis and the crystal is chrysocola so where else did i Oh yeah, I wanted to read a little bit about, oh, this is my actual Gene Key 12, my life's work from the main Gene Key website. And I think that you should, if you're interested in this topic, definitely go check out yours and and look at um, maybe just a couple of them for now because there's a bunch that you'll get. But the life's work and the purpose are so fascinating. So when it comes to my life's work, it's here on the material plane and that does not mean that you lead a, that you will not lead a spiritual life. It means that you're a great um, task is to make the spiritual real. So I thought that was so cool to think of the mission behind the podcast and all of the films and all the things that I'm creating is about that connection to the spiritual life and really alchemizing that to make it real in this material world whether that be through the medium of podcasting and interviews and sharing information um, and also through a much more you know physical tangible way where it's the filmmaking and getting these ideas and information and it's I mean most of my writing work has this spiritual connection and wanting to transmute the information in a creative way through stories, through characters, through situations and bringing that to a physical place, you know, so actually filming it and presenting a a film with it and all those kinds of things, whether it be the physical representation of the candles or anything else that is through Topanga Moon. So I thought that was like so cool that it's about, you know, it doesn't mean you were leading a spiritual life, but it's making the spiritual real. So that's that from the material to the spiritual and that yin and yang combination. Um, you, your life can take so many different directions and you can probably feel this. Yes, I do. <laughs> you are here to give expression to the feelings that lie deep within your heart and you need to find a way to communicate these so that others can hear what you have to say. The deepest level, it makes absolutely no difference what you do in life. It only matters what your voice is is heard somewhere by someone in some form. 
And there's a big emphasis on the arts. And that's what I kept hearing when I was reading information about this Gene Key 12, really deep in the art, artistic life, the arts, um, your life as an artistic expression. Um, and that was such a beautiful com- confirmation because, you know, for so long I was in the medical field and feeling like I could maybe have a career in in that aspect. And yes, there can be art found within that as well. You know, art can take many different forms, but I'm very much in the traditional sense in the artistic life currently. And that's right there in my life's work. So I thought that was a beautiful confirmation that I am on my path. And whatever you do, the only thing that matters is authenticity. You must be authentic, whatever the result. So that's a beautiful reminder and a mantra that I'm going to start to incorporate more of in my work, in my life. It's just that my life's work is about the authentic expression of the pure heart. And then I have the Gene Key 46, and that's all about purpose. So what I found really interesting, so Gene Key 46 is called the sensual. (laughs) So it goes from seriousness to delight to ecstasy. So this was was cool to see. So my purpose is that I have no purpose. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, I am not here to know it, but to experience life itself. Others may see my purpose, but I don't have to until the end. My purpose is really to live life fully as the sensual. The sensual believes in the magic of trusting and our natural responses to take her through life in the perfect timing. She will intuitively be at the right place at the right time, living the very definition of the word serendipity, accidentally discovering something valuable of fortunate. Even when she's looking for something else, fortune loves her. The sensual has no agenda, and she allows surprises to take her exactly where she needs to go at the right time. The sensual, nothing really matters but life and love. She knows how to relax in her own body and allow the orgasmic life force to make love to her. Wow, powerful stuff. Uh, um, I found this so interesting because... You know, and this is something that I've seen throughout the years, the more that I personally kind of let go and surrender to the timing of things and allow divine timing to come in and really just like have fun and enjoy life and just share my enjoyment of life and my embodiment of beauty and you know, I feel like that's connected to that Taurus North Node aspect I was talking about. I also have a Libra rising, so it's about you know, the sensual beauty all around me, creating sacred spaces, doing rituals. The more I engage in those activities and the more I let go of the, okay, I need to do this. This is my task. Like, you know, my um, trying to get to a certain destination, the more serendipity comes in. And when I don't see serendipity is when I'm basically waiting for the serendipity to show up like I'm checking my emails I'm you know constantly on social media being like did anything shift is there any um things that my sacral can respond to like 
what's happening in my field but the more I can clear that and I I talk about aura a lot is clearing that aura and allowing my natural nature which is just to be going and enjoying my afternoon uh but it's that's the feeling part that's the heart that's the central part but my mind (laughs) loves to try to control that and be like well you need to be working you need to be doing this you need to be doing that um and from all of my experiences so far I've noticed that the the most incredible opportunities beautiful moments all that comes in serendipity it just does um and it's when I'm getting out of the way and allowing life to present the serendipity I think that's a good lesson for everybody but another uh, thing that I wanted to read about that on the gene q 46 is that you are not here to waste valuable time worrying about such things as purpose you are not a head person even though your mind can be mega sharp you are here to swim wherever life's currents take you your grail is experience itself if your life teaches you anything let it be this you cannot take anything with you when you go so enjoy appreciate and be constantly grateful for every twist and turn your life takes make the very most out of the cards you are dealt if you hold even a single regret you will miss your purpose you are such a fortunate person to be born with this kind of destiny take great care not to waste it this actually reminds me of the reading, the human design reading I had with Nikki J. And, and I have a beautiful podcast interview with Nikki J. She's incredible. If you're looking for a human design reader, I highly, highly recommend it. She's amazing. She did my reading and she was talking about this. And at the time, I didn't really like comprehend because I didn't know anything about the gene keys and all of those things. But it's, you know, talking about talking about the purpose piece and not specifically having a purpose but allowing or just basically the purpose is to enjoy life fully and for that to be the example for others to enjoy life fully and it's such a for someone who desperately is always searching for a purpose and wants purpose you know it's the the, the irony of saying you know some people are like oh my gosh it's so hard I have this purpose or looking for this purpose and for me to realize there, I don't have a purpose and the purpose is just to be me. <laughs> um, my, my head wants to rationalize it all and, and make stories and be like, well, no, we, we have to be doing things. There has to be, you know, all these things that we take care of. But it's a beautiful reminder that, no, I can just like sit in the stillness and the beauty of an afternoon. I can um, just seek out beauty and just really experience life and enjoy whatever comes my way and that in itself is my purpose my purpose is no purpose but it's about my beingness my beingness of enjoying everything that is on this material plane the sensual is all about like you know ecstasy and beautiful feelings and higher vibrations and stopping to see every single flower and enjoying every single sunset and just really soaking up and getting so excited about life in this physical life finding beauty all around in the physical place and then transmuting that um, sharing that with others and that in itself is how 
this gene key wants to be expressed. So definitely going to be meditating on this one and seeing how I can more fully embrace that. So I would love to hear from you guys and, and just hear what gene keys you're working with. Have you dived into this topic more? Um, yeah, reach out to me. Tell me. Share with me. We can talk about our different gene keys if you guys, if you have these gene keys, like let's dive in. I'm excited to share more about this on the podcast. But I do want to do an introduction now to this new concept that I discovered called the law of one. And this will be an introduction because there is so much information about this and I've only barely, barely scratched the surface of this. And it's fascinating and it's connected to ufology and extraterrestrials and all of the things that I love to write about and I really think that it was serendipity that brought me to this information through a podcast of course while I was gar- while I was watering my plants I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about the law of one and connection to UFOs and things six-dimensional beings I was like whoa 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 hold up hold up what is what is this information Um, I have a lot of scripts in development right now that play with these ideas and I think that with serendipity, with synchronicity, you know, you know when you like find a book at the perfect moment. I, I always find these beautiful teachings or podcasts when I'm in the writing process. It's like I'm in that energetic field and then I'm attracting all the perfect information that I need to continuously up level my writing process so this was one of them and this is something that um you know I was reading it late at night and I was just like didn't want to go to sleep because it was so interesting so it's a book that was channeled called the law of one and if you want, just Google it. You'll find the website. All the transcripts are there. You can read it. Um, I think there is an Audible book Audible book um, for it as well. So yeah, there's many ways that you can. And this was just like on their website. And I started reading the introduction. I haven't even gone into all the principles. But the how the book was channeled in itself is such a fascinating story. And so trippy, so cool. This is definitely like an expansive, open-minded thing and just go along the ride with me. <laughs> let's let's go in. So as I said, this is a huge topic that I just discovered. So let's get into the origins a bit and I'm still going to be discussing the origins in later episodes because... The origin stories of this span 20 years. There's so much information. There's five texts about these channelings. So there's lots to dive into. So I found, um, oh yeah, here we go. The Law of One is a collection of exact transcripts from 26 sessions from an experiment designed to communicate with extraterrestrial beings. The experiment started in 1962 and was refined for nearly 20 years. Um, I think it's really cool that it was around that time because I think of the the dawning of the age of Aquarius and the kind of psychedelic spiritual movement that really emerged in the 60s and 70s and so many 
cool, amazing experiments and um, psychedelic experiments and experiments with telepathy and really diving into these esoteric paranormal realms where this, you know, popular new age kind of movement and we're really seeing a resurgence of that new age movement so i just think it's really cool that that's the timing timing was right so according to don elkin so there's three people that were involved with the law of one transcripts it's don elkin it was carla um i don't know her last name and uh john mccarty make sure let me make sure I have it somewhere else. Anyways, so according to Don Elkins, this is something that he's saying. So I'm going to be reading some of these transcripts directly, and and they're all sourced from thelawofone.info. So if you want to go and read for yourself, it's all there. But this is some quotes and some information from that. So our research group uses what I prefer to call tuned trance telepathy. To communicate with an extraterrestrial race called Ra. We use the English language because it is known by Ra. In fact, Ra knows more of it than I do. So Ra is this these ET six-dimensional being that was channeled through um, 20 years of this research into telepathic communication methods that was heavily researched and I mean there's just so many things that they did to really try to make it as scientific as they possibly could and that's something that you know obviously understanding that the ufology and paranormal space is not as heavily attributed to scientific discovery and experimentation um it's hard to quantify those things but people are definitely getting more into this type of research so Ra landed on earth about eleven thousand years ago as a sort of extraterrestrial missionary with the objective of helping earth man with his mental evolution failing at this attempt Ra retreated from the Earth's surface, but continued to monitor activities closely on this planet. For this reason, Ra is highly informed about our history and languages. Probably the most difficult thing to understand about Ra is its nature. Ra is a six-density social memory complex. Since Earth is near the end of the third density cycle of evolution, This means that Ra is three evolutionary cycles ahead of us. In other words, Ra's present state of evolution is millions of years in advance to Earthmans or to humans. It is not surprising that Ra had difficulty communicating with us 11,000 years ago. The same problem still exists in our present enlightened time. So his long research associate tells the story of how they met and formed the group which you can find the book in all of its entirety at the law of one.info as i said so in 1962 carla joined don 
in his experiments based on his hypothesis that he was forming at the time. So this was all based on, in 1962, joining an experiment that Don had created in order to start to test this hypothesis, which he developed with the help of Harold Price, an engineer for Ford Motor Company. Price had acquainted Don with some information which Don found quite interesting. Its source was allegedly extraterrestrial. So Harold Price got information apparently from ETs and... Its content was largely metaphysical and seemed to be in line with all that Don had learned up until that point. Within this material, instructions were given for creating the means whereby to generate further material from the same source without the necessity of actual physical contact with ETs. So Don's hypothesis is that there was a way to connect to these ETs without having to actually physically be with them. Like you would it, when you hear the experience or stories or contactee reports of people who have connected to um, ETs. So Don's hypothesis was that this phenomenon might be reproducible. So he invited a dozen of his engineering students to join in an experiment with the objective of achieving some sort of telepathic contact with a source similar to that of this other groups. In essence, using telepathy to connect with ETs. So clearly this would be (laughs) many years of uh, trial and error and experimentation and researching contactee stories and all kinds of things and really diving into UFO research. They wanted to know everything. So Don worked on many peripheral areas of UFO research, always trying to put all the pieces together. One of these pieces was the question of how UFOs could materialize and dematerialize. The phenomenon seemed to posit a, a physics which we had not yet grasped and a being capable of using this physics. So this physics of materializing, dematerializing, appearing, disappearing, all of those things. He was looking for a materialization manifestation to kind of prove or show to him of these possibilities um not one he could prove to anyone else but one which he himself could believe and he wanted to use this as the base of of the exploration it was his feeling that the materializations which seances manifest were perhaps of the same or similar nature as the materializations of ufos thereby his reasoning went viewing personally the mechanism of materialization and a dematerialization in a seance would enable him to hypothesize more accurately concerning this UFO phenomenon. So in 1971, him, Don and Carla and his group attended a seance by Reverend Tingley in which the group was visited by a ghost named Sister. In another seance with the same reverend who held many seances at the time, (laughs) seances were all the rage in 1970s, Um, they were visited by a ghost by the name of Master, 
and were told they were going to be touched so that they knew it was real, so they could feel this ghost's presence. This ghost even said that they were gonna be going through them. And all of that was felt and experienced in this seance, believe it or not. (laughs) In 1974, Dawn decided it was time that Carla was ready and that it was time for her to start channeling after years of being a spectator. So Carla was always there, um, you know, observing all the information. Dawn had many, many, many more years of steeped um, research and knowledge in all of these realms and he thought Carla would should start um, channeling because they would start to hold these groups where they would do meditations, try to do telepathy. Um, they did have somebody come in at some point that was a contactee that was able to communicate right away and share more information and they started to refine this process over and over again while at the same time doing more research um in the ufo uh, community in ufology and just finding contactee stories connecting with other authors and other people in that space at the time that were working on these types of research So yeah, at this time, they decided to dive into the phenomenon of the contactee, whereby somebody has an experience with the ET. They believed it was integral to understanding this paranormal phenomenon. So the the psychics, the physics, which Ra discusses having to do with the true nature of reality, posits the possibility of action at a distance as a function of mind, specifically the will. So what Ra was discussing there, and, you know, these come from later transcripts when they actually connected to Ra. I'm going to get into that into future episodes because I kind of just want to give a basis of how this all began. But it was this idea that our consciousness can uh, essentially defy the laws of what we believe is physics and our own reality. One of these is this phenomenon called metal bending, which is quite known um, and popular in the ufology community and some contactees who have experienced ufos have this ability to bend metal so yuri geller has been tested in several places around the world including the stanford research laboratories and an impressive list of publications concerning the results of these texts so this is someone who wrote you know texts about this phenomenon Uh, the Geller Papers, and an offshoot of this metal-bending phenomenon in the Iceland Papers, if you're interested. One example which shows the close connection between UFOs and this metal-bending... Mental, sorry. Mental-metal-bending. Mental-metal-bending. That one's hard to say. Happened to um, this group, to Don and Carla, in July of 1977 after their book, Secrets of the UFO, was just published. So they were publishing other texts at this time through all their research. So this comes from uh, more of Carla's transcripts on the website. We had been interviewed on a local program, and a woman in a nearby town had heard the broadcast and was very interested in what we had to say, since her son, a normal 14-year-old boy, had a UFO encounter. 
He had been awakened by whistling sound, went to the door, and saw a light so bright that it temporarily blinded him. Again, as is often the case, it was the same night that people nearby also saw lights in the sky. The woman wrote us a letter, and Dawn immediately called and asked her permission to speak to her son. After questioning the young man to Dawn's satisfaction, Dawn asked him to take a piece of silverware and tell it to bend without touching it in any form or forceful way. The 14-year-old picked up the fork, did as Dawn suggested, and the fork immediately bent nearly double. So that was one of their um, real-life experiences of this metal mending... (laughs) Mental, men, mental metal bending. <laughs> so there's a lot more um, information and cases that they describe on the website and in the book of these contactee stories and experiencer stories um, and this phenomenon and other ufology phenomenons. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at there for that one. Um, so eventually... And I have yet to discover when the first actual connection and channeling occurred, but I will bring that to the podcast the next time that I do a podcast of this nature. But Carla became the channeler for Ra, for this being Ra, and Dawn, the investigator or the questioner in these um in these sessions and then Jim McCarty was another member of this group who would record and um I'll share later on kind of their whole process of getting into these channeling sessions so Don would ask the questions and Carla would channel so she became the channel of Ra they channel these texts from 1981 to 1984 And all of the transcripts are exact transcripts of the channeling in these texts. Nothing is altered. Um, It's the question and answer form of of all of these. Another interesting thing is if you look at, um, you know, ancient Egyptian um, history, um, all of that spiritual What's the name for it? Anyways, uh, Ra was also the creator god in ancient Egypt. So there's that really cool connection. And even um, Ra itself said that they came down during that period, helped to create the pyramids. So many wild, amazing stories yet to uncover in the space of the Law of One. So let's get into what the law of one is. So the law of one is one of the 12 principles based on the assumption that everything is simply one, which would mean all things that exist are the same thing within many configurations. One infinite creator existed, but it cannot experience itself because it was itself. So it created an energetic distortion in order to experience itself. And the three parts of the distortion are, and this is um, in sequence of when they when they were created. So number one is free will. Number two is love. Number three is light. So the distortions prompted 
the infinite creator to create a reality akin to a hologram. So that's where you can kind of understand it. If our universe was a hologram, um, and when you look at a hologram, you know that there's parts of the hologram, but the hologram is also one. And each part contains the whole. According to Ra, the channeling with Carla was the first time that they, these six-dimensional beings, which are all one at their level of consciousness, were able to get through a series of undistorted messages in thousands of years. The words of Ra were highly sophisticated and advanced, unlike anything other channelers have experienced. According to Ra, some of the first humans came to Earth from Mars because their planet became inhabitable. However, there were already beings on Earth, and the combination created our modern humanoid. Ra also states that around 11,000 years ago, Ra came to the planet and was here in ancient Egypt times and walked among the people and helped with the pyramids. But when the leaders of that time took over Ra, had to leave because it wasn't congruent with the law of one. Ra says that they never energetically left because they left an imprint on the distortion in the 3D realm. Um, and this comes from, this is a quote directly from the transcripts. I am Ra. We came to your peoples to enunciate the law of one. We wish to impress upon those who wish to learn of unity that in unity all paradoxes are resolved. All that is broken is healed. All that is forgotten is brought to light. So for thousands of years, those of Ra have sought to teach the law of one to seekers of the truth of earth who wish to learn of the unity of oneness of all things. The basic law of all creation is buried deep within each of our hearts because we really are one in love and light, the building blocks of this universe. We are all manifestations of the one infinite creator. We are the creator. We are not learning this law for the first time, but are remembering it yet again, as all mystics have taught throughout Earth's history. Our journey of self-realization is the discovery of remembrance of this essential truth or essential identity, a waking up, as some have called it, with an illusion of separation. And that's where I'm going to end it for this discussion of the law of one. There's so much more to dive into and I can't wait to share the steps and the protocol that Carla and Don and John use to get into the state of channeling. It's fascinating. Also on the website, they have some photos from that time and they're all like black and white film photos and it's just so cool so interesting um regardless of what you believe about all these texts if they're accurate if they're true um this is just you know one example of humans fascination with our universe the cosmos connecting to ufos the existence of ufos higher consciousness all of those big questions that I think on some level we've all been asking and are constantly curious to know, to know ourselves. And this is, this is one of them. 
So yeah, I'm excited to dive deeper into this, read more about it, learn more about it. Um, I've yet to see many people talk about it unless I'm just discovering for the first time. If you know more about this and want to share information with me, love to love to hear it. But on another podcast, I'm going to get more into the story of when they first channeled, what was channeled, um, how they developed their method, and this really cool practice that they do (laughs) that I was so trippy. I'm like, someone needs to make a movie about this. Maybe that's me. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so I just want to wish you a happy new moon wherever you are. And once again, I'm going to share here that if you love this podcast, if you are a supporter and listener to this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at anna at topangamoon.com. You can also leave a rating and review on iTunes. I don't have many, so it would be great to get some ratings and reviews. And as a thank you for that, I will send you, if you screenshot it, a personalized ritual just for you that you can do during one of the moon phases. Um, So you just have to send me an email, screenshot of the review, and I will send that to you as a thank you because that will be a beautiful energy exchange. So thanks everybody for tuning in to this podcast and continuing your support and joining in on this cosmic exploration with me. If you have any episode topics, ideas, let me know. I have some really cool interviews coming up for you. And yeah, I hope you have a beautiful new moon and a beautiful day wherever you are. Bye for now.